Welcome to Voices from the Dales with me, Andrew Fagg. This is a podcast published by the Dales Countryside Museum in Hawes. Here, by the River Ewer in Upper Wensleydale, I have a question for you. Which is the oldest fishing club in England? Well, it's said to be the one that fishes these waters, the Hawes and High Abbotside Angling Association. It's at least 175 years old, but there's a problem. There's no fish up Whiddle, there's no fish up Gale, there's no fish up Snaysham, there's no fish up Cotterdale. Where have they all gone? In this second series on dialect, we take a diversion into fishing. For back in the 1970s, the situation was quite different. It is certainly a way of getting some good trout, if they're prepared to get in and get with them and tickle under the big stones. They're certainly there as the big fish. The most illustrious name in fishing in these parts is Blades, and our main voice from the museum's archive will be the late Jesse Blades. And we fished 70 out of that one little pool, which was gradually drying up. And we had to rush them down and uh, put them in a pool under the bridge. I've come across a couple of fields to Hawes, the small town which sits on a ridge to the south of the River Ewer. In town this week, I was stopped by a tourist from Japan. Waterfall? he asked. Near here? I pointed him in the direction of this place, Hawes Bridge. Beneath me flow the waters of Gale Beck, shortly to meet the Ewer. You've heard how Bradford youth worker Trevor Sharp came to Hawes Parish for a fortnight with six young people in 1977. They conducted interviews with local people which have become part of the Dales Countryside Museum's oral history collection. One of the young people looked into fishing. The only drawback is that his recordings are over-modded, a touch distorted, but they're still okay. We now find something of the history of the uh, Fishing Association. I was surprised to find out that uh, it came about for the kindness of an Earl of Warncliffe, who granted the use of 21 miles of the river, on condition that the people of ours formed an angling association. This is where the Blaise family came into the picture. The man that uh, the Earl of Warncliffe spoke to was one of his, his workmen, and his, his name was Blades. And he got together the parishioners of Hawes to a meeting, and they agreed to accept the, the Earl's offer. And from that day to this very day, the whole river has been the, in the use of the Hawes and I Angling Association, and that brings it up to about 150 years of life. The bailiffs on our river are locals who go to work every day, and in the evenings and Saturdays and Sundays they parade the river to find that there's no poaching which goes on. Rob Ward thinks the man we've just heard was named Fred Nuttall. The person the youth volunteer turned to next, in 1977 remember, was Jessie Blades, the widow of a bailiff, Bill Jim Blades. Jessie came from Darlington, a town 40 miles from Hawes, over the North Yorkshire border into County Durham. Here is a few minutes of her speaking, as edited by the young person from Bradford. She starts by speaking of her father-in-law, James II. There were three generations of James Blades, you see. He was a legendary local fly fisher, nicknamed Sprouts. 
James II was a bailiff. He was also the local postman for over 42 years. And uh, he made flies in his spare time. So who did he work for as a bailiff? For the fishing association. Uh, people came and stayed. Uh, there were no cars in those days, of course. People stayed in the hotels. And uh, we've got some uh, real gentlemen sort of people here, you see. And uh, he went out and tutored them in the art of fly, tie, fly uh, casting. He had one particular friend that used to come, a uh, Mr. Bottomley, and I think he owned a mill somewhere. And uh, always, before he went back, Grandad had to go to the tailors here and have be measured for a plus four suit a tweedy suit, and uh, Mr. Bottomley paid for that. And even after Grandad died, he um, left uh, some of money each week for Granny to live on until she died. Did uh, James II like wanted to keep in the family? That's why. He... Oh yes, yes, I think so. And my husband wanted to keep it in the family and the fly dressing. You see, because we were so well known as fly dressers. And uh, my son can tie flies, but he just hasn't time. And my grandson is a fisherman. I have two grandsons that are fishermen. But um, one can tie his worm hooks on, but it, it, he hasn't got around to fly dressing yet. Was there a favourite fly for this stretch? Yes, Red Palmer. I think Grandad invented that one. And my husband invented one called Chapman's Choice which will be very little known because he never even got the dressing down in his own book. Um, they always said it's a, it's a treat to come and talk to your husband, you know. He knows his subject. What did he make the flies out of? Feathers. Uh, my husband, being a postman, he used to uh, keep his eye on all the cock chickens that were running about in the uh, yards, you see, and then when they killed the, the chickens at Christmas, uh, he used to ask for the cock neck. And they saved the cock neck for him, and, they, and then he dried them, you see, spread them out on the board and dried them. And uh, he, up to nearly the end of his time, I think he only bought one cock neck. Uh, game keepers around about used to bring him um, game feathers. I see there's a, an old leather bag on the wall here, a fishing bag. Pannier. Pannier. Mm. Whose was that? Grandad's. They're very much sought after. So, after Grandad, did the uh, next to Kim? Pass, of, pass it down, and I'll pass it down. So it's seen some fishing down there? Yes, yes. He used to take it fishing with him, and uh, I said if he banged it about and made it look banged about, <laughs> I wouldn't hang it on the wall. <laughs> he came back one day and he said, um, we're going fishing. And he, he, he drove a motorbike in those days, so we sat up, be with a bucket and uh, this fishing net and we fished 70 out of that one little pool which was gradually drying up and we had to rush him down and uh, put him in a pool under the bridge and he had to uh, diddle him a bit in the water to, to make him breathe just that small time although we had him in a bucket of water uh, they would have uh, perished you know what type of fish were these uh, trout the late Jessie Blades. The man who succeeded her husband, Bill Jim Blades, as bailiff was Chris Heseltine. He was also interviewed in 1977. Today he's a very old man, but then he was always on the river, 
as he told the youth volunteer. I was a keen fisherman, this is how I was appointed for the bailiff. I was on the river, and he wanted to chop the towers down to the river. Uh, the local bailiff died three years ago, and I was appointed to take his position. We only have about 14 days in the year where we can't fish the river uh, as the trout go out, the grayling come in. So really, we're not badly done to appear for the fishing. Uh, which type of fishing do you prefer? Like? I started bait fishing and got onto the fly fishing, and I wouldn't go bait fishing now, whatever. I'm really hooked on the flies. One of the two stories that happened in the village of Apposite, uh, no names mentioned, the local character in the village was a known character, and he, over the local village bridge, knew there was a big fish laid in there. And with this, he got his tutu and shot at it, which rolled it over and floated to the edge, a fish of about a pound and a half. Well, along comes another character of the village to help him get this fish out, which he gradually rolled away into the deeper water and gave a bit of a flick, and they, of course, lost this fish. Uh, three years passed by, and one of our local fishermen, a man on our committee, caught this fish, the same fish, up the opposite viaducts. And he didn't realise it was the same fish till he was absolutely eating this for his dinner, and he, he found something hard in the middle of its back, which was a two-two bullet. Which is a quite a true story, it happened three years ago. Have you ever tickled trout? Tickled, yeah, groveling is the name around here. We grovel for trout, used to do formerly, yes. Uh, not many people can do this, but it's certainly a way of getting some good trout if they're prepared to get in and get with them and tickle under the big stones. They're certainly there as the big fish, but most of the people that try groveling or tickling um, feel the fish under the stone and visualise either a eel or otter or, or a water rat and jump out and leave the fish stranded. But uh, it can be done and still is done. So you've never, you've never done it? Yes, I have done it. Oh. Yes, I did it as a boy and my father was a cane fisherman which played pop with us at the times but this was all part of growing up in the country. Fast forward the 46 years to 2023 and the situation is very different. There's no need for a bailiff, and nobody goes groveling, a good dialect word that, for there are hardly any fish to catch. It's time to bring in one of my special guests for this series, Rob Ward, who's a committee member of Hawes and High Abbotside Angling Association. He begins by explaining how the association works. Landowners allow fishing from the riverbanks in return for an annual dinner. Now, farmers give all the water free, there's odd ones here, a bit awkward, but 99% of them are no trouble, and so we'll give them a dinner every year. But the thing that's happening now, that's another outfit, the Environment Agency, not fit for purpose. Every time we've had pollution incidents, they either come three days late, they don't answer the phone, and our rivers is just going down and down and down, and with the pollution incidents once, and I rung them in and said it was up Galebeck. They didn't know where Galebeck was, I took a long while to explain. And then they said, oh, we don't do tributaries, we only do the main river. So we've stopped ringing the environment. There's no fish up Whittle, there's no fish up Gale, there's no fish up Snaysham, there's no fish up Cottedle. Where have they all gone? And nobody does anything about it. 
you were on about the fishing association, Hawes and High Abbot side angling mm. association. What's situation there? Well, situation is we can't get any young members. As far as I can think, we've only one young lad fishing. That's my brother's son. We can't get any on committee. And to put fish in river now, some people agree we putting fish in and others don't. It it cost we we'll put five hundred fish in, and they cost two and a half thousand pound. And that's a lot of money to find. And now we're getting a lot less fishermen coming. We're having a job to find money to pay for dinner for farmers because they give the fishing. What's it like fishing round Gale, round Hawes? you spent many, many times doing that. I well, when River was out, there'd be at least half a dozen in Gale. Where, as soon as River was up, they'd be off. Some to Gale back end, some up Gale back. And even where you're crossing Gale back, there was a pool there, you could always catch fish there. And if you went out and came back with less than three or four trout, you'd had a bad day, whereas now you can fish for a fortnight and get out. I've said before, I must have two sources before publishing a big claim. Well, only last week, I spoke to Alan Blades, who was patrolling Main Street one evening outside the spa. He's one of the grandsons mentioned in the Jesse Blades archive recording. Alan said just what Robert said, no fishing back. I've also spoken to the Environment Agency. In fact, I've come a matter of a hundred metres or so up Galebeck from Hawes Bridge to the place where I spoke to a fisheries officer at length a couple of years ago. There's a dub and a little waterfall over there. He told me that these upland becks were generally pollution free and they did have fish, but not many, and they were only small. He said trout get stressed when the water temperature reaches 18 degrees Celsius, and he believes the fisheries suffered badly from the very dry springs of recent years and a lack of trees to shade the beck. Whatever the reasons for the disappearance of fish this last generation, Alan Blade said they've been gone 15 years, it raises a question. Without brown trout in these waters before me, could it be said, to borrow a phrase from Shakespeare, that summit is rotten in the state of Upper Wensleydale? Next time, on Voices from the Dales, we'll return squarely to our theme, Dales dialect, and we'll hear Val Ward reading the dialect poetry of the late George Calvert. Thank you for listening.